Hey everybody and welcome back to MG on the Mic. I know that it's been a while since I've last recorded an episode. The last episode record that I recorded was before I went on my trip to California and that was about a month ago. Um, so there's been a lot that has gone on since then from NWSL, there have obviously been more NWSL games, WNBA, NCAA softball championships, and yeah, but the reason it's been a while is we obviously, we went on vacation, and then we had some family come and visit, and there's just been a lot going on, so I haven't really had time to sit down and record an episode, but Hopefully, I will, I'm now back on track with recording more consistent episodes. Um, and yeah, so this week I will be talking about just my experience at the Angel City game when I went. I'll kind of give everybody a quick catch up of what the table, or not quick, um, where the table is now in the NWSL and the standings. And then I'll also talk a little bit about some news um, for the WBA. I'll touch on NCAA softball. And then I'll just kind of maybe do a little quick catch up and just talk about hopefully the plans for this podcast and where I want it to go and what I want it to kind of, kind of what I want it to become, what I would love for it to become. So I hope y'all enjoy this episode. So like I said, I went to California for a belated senior trip with my family because of COVID. We had to delay it and we were finally able to take it this year. And the main reason I chose California was because I wanted to go see an Angel City game. And now I'm really glad that I was able to do that because I'll talk about it a little bit later on. But unfortunately, Kristen Press, my favorite player, just tore her ACL. So, but thankfully I was able to watch her play before she got injured. So I'm really thankful that I was able to do that. But I just wanted to talk a little bit of the atmosphere that was created at the Angel City game. I went to the Angel City game versus Gotham. The Obviously, it's LA, so traffic's a little bad. We Ubered to the game. Um, and I wanted to get there pretty close to when the gates opened, to when you could go in. And, uh, and so we did, I can't remember what time we got there, but we got there at least an hour early because I really wanted to watch warmups and I, I just wanted to try to get as much of the game day experience as I could. And it just, the stadium is amazing. The game day atmosphere is amazing. You could just, the energy was palpable and I honestly, I don't even have any words that it's like they make every game so special 
and there were several of Angel City's games have had like a fan fest before it or like Pride Night or the home opener or things of that nature and this was just a regular home game but they did have skydivers that jumped into the stadium and that was really really cool the only downside to the day was that about the second half because of the side of the stadium we were sitting on the sun was in our eyes and was kind of hot but that honestly is something that can't really be helped but it was just I had a problem with the sun not a problem with anything else but the game was amazing I got to see so many cool players I got to see obviously Kristen Press um Midge Purse on Gotham Ifiana Manu Christy Mewis Ashlyn Harris um Ashlyn Harris had several good saves that kind of broke my heart because they were all against Kristen Press. Unfortunately, Angel City did not win and Gotham won 1-0 off of a Ify Anamanu goal. But it was still a good game. About the last 15 minutes was all Angel City. They had several corners. They... Kristen Press had a shot like that like I said broke my heart when Ashlyn Harris saved it it was it was insane but something this game kind of started it something that Angel City needs to work on are their corners they're not really good at converting corners they had like I think it was over 10 or 15 corners in the, at the Gotham game and they weren't able to convert on any of those chances. But I honestly, I hope I'm able to go back to an Angel City game next year. Whether that's somewhere closer to me or maybe even back in LA. It was so much fun. If any of y'all ever have the opportunity to go to a game, an NWSL game like I said, kind of biased, but maybe Angel City's near you. I highly suggest going to a game because I cannot, cannot, cannot stress enough how amazing it is to watch these games in person. So, obviously, because it's been a while, I have missed a ton of NWSL games, and it would be unrealistic and it would take a long 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 time for me to go through all of the games that I have missed talking about and I'm so I'm just going to go through the table and kind of talk about each team and just kind of update you on what the standings of the league are at the moment. So, in first place is at the top of the table, we have the San Diego Wave with 15 points through 9 games. They have won 4, drawn 3, and lost 2. Alex Morgan, honestly, is on fire. She has already tied her personal best record for 
goals in a season. And yes, four of them have been PKs, but you still have to convert the PK. So they a PK is still a goal. Taylor Korniak is a player who I... Orlando was bottom of the table last year. And so you just thought that didn't really understand what Taylor Korniak was going to do, but I am pleasantly glad that I can say that I was wrong. She has proven to, she has improved so much, and I don't know if it's necessarily improvement as much as it's an environment that she likes, she enjoys, she feels appreciated. Um, her partnership with Alex Morgan is amazing. They are really flourishing. They're obviously playing together for Orlando for a little bit, but I, again, I can't tell you how much she seems to be coming into her own. And Taylor Korniak was one of those players that was drafted in the 2020 draft class with Sophia Smith and Ashley Sanchez and Morgan Weaver. And because she was drafted to the Orlando Pride, she, they, the Orlando Pride didn't play in the 2020 Challenge Cup. So her first real set of games was last season. And another young player that has absolutely blown me away on San Diego is Naomi Gurma. And honestly, she's one of my picks for Rookie of the Year. She is already getting call-ups to the national team. Obviously, she got a couple of call-ups in college. But I personally think that she has a real shot of starting with the U.S. during this international break because of injuries, and I think her partnership with Alana Cook could be something really special, and I don't know if I mentioned this, but Taylor Korniak also got called up, and I'll mention the rosters later on in the episode and talk about kind of some of the controversy that surrounded the roster. But Sandy, something about San Diego is that they get a lot of penalty calls and they've gotten four penalty calls and they've made all of them. And something else that I saw on Twitter was that somebody mentioned that they can't really score away from home. And I don't know if that speaks to refs or if that speaks to their home crowd is really enthusiastic. And also, Alex Morgan, what are they going to do without her through the World Cup qualifiers? Because she's scored nine of their 13 goals. So their goals are... And then Taylor Korniak has scored two. So there have only been two goals scored by somebody that's not either one of those two people. So it's just, it's going to be interesting to me to see how they handle the World Cup July with World Cup qualifiers and Euros and all the internationals being gone. 
but I do really, 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 really like Casey Stoney as a coach. I think she was a really good coach at Man United, but they didn't give her the resources. And I'm really interested in seeing how she grows as a coach in this league. Next, we have Chicago Red Stars with 15 points through 8 games. They've won 4, they've drawn 3, and they've lost 1. Mal Pugh is one of, honestly, one of the best players in the league right now. One of the best forwards. I feel like she's having a MVP caliber season. Um, But Chicago has several people out because of injuries or pregnancy and this is a ACL specifically injuries have kind of been a common thing through theme throughout the league and Kayla Sharples tore her ACL this weekend the same weekend Kristen Press tore hers I'm really excited to see what Sarah Lubert is going to do in the league she came from Club America in Liga Emeki. The, um, I think that's how you say it. Feminil. Liga Emeki Feminil. The Women's League in Mexico. And she's very, very loved by that league. And I'm just excited to see her play. But then again, I'll be, with all these teams, I'll be interested in seeing how they cope when the internationals leave through that July window. Or not really that July window, that July, the month of July. In third place is the Portland Thorns. They have 13 points through eight games. They've won three, drawn four, lost one. Sophia Smith is another person player who is having an extremely, extremely, extremely good season. And, I mean, you can tell in their most recent game, Olivia Moultrie started because Christine Sinclair picked up a knock in the warm-ups. So, in this game against Houston, Olivia Moultrie became the youngest player to score in the NWSL at 16 years old. Portland is obviously still good, but because they have a new coach and they're operating under a new system, which is a three-back, and typically we have seen them in a four-back, which means four defenders, um, it's just, it's different to watch. And I honestly, I don't think we are, I, I don't think Portland is necessarily the powerhouse they once were when... Tobin Heath, Haley Rasso, Ellie Carpenter, Caitlin Ford, everybody was on there in 2018-2019. They, another thing interesting about Portland is that they've led the league in attendance since the league's beginning, but their attendance has dropped this year due to several front office scandals, and ACFC, Angel City, is leading the league in attendance right now. So it'll be interesting to see if Angel City is able to dethrone Portland. And speaking of Angel City, Angel City is 
fourth in the league with 13 points through eight games. They've won four, drawn one, and lost three. This Their last game against Louisville, the reason it was so sad to see Kristen Press go down was, number one, she never goes down. She's never gone down before. This is her first major injury. But it was like everything was coming together. Kristen Press had a goal and an assist against Louisville, and they were able to put away their chances, but then Kristen Press went down. And my main question is essentially, how is the offense, how are they going to cope? They're... The head coach for Angel City, Freya Coombe, and midfielder Danny Weatherholt did a press conference, and they said that Kristen Press has been in high spirits, and Danny Weatherholt said that she's essentially just reminded the team that they're talented and how talented they are. So Kristen Press is, from what I can tell, still trying to motivate her team and help as much as she can, even though she unfortunately has a season-ending industry injury. But she is integral to their offense, so it will be extremely interesting and honestly kind of makes Angel City unpredictable because they won't have her. How, what will they look like? What will they look like this weekend? And also, how will they cope? their defense, the whole team, during July when players are gone for international break. And another thing about Angel City is that they are probably going to be signing Claire Emsley in the next coming weeks. They're just waiting on a visa. And I think... She could be a good... I don't know if she plays on the same side as Kristen Press, but I think that it'll be interesting to see how she fits in. And another really, really good piece of news for Angel City is that Sarah Gordon has officially begun running on grass. She tore her ACL at the beginning of preseason, so that's really good news for her. And yes, that probably still means that there's she's not cutting yet she's probably not cutting yet or doing any quick movements but progress is progress in fifth place is the Houston Dash with 12 points through eight games they've won three lost three or won three drawn three and lost two they went on a six game I think it was unbeaten streak and this was tied for the longest in program history they're another team that is going to lose some pretty important pieces to the international tournaments in July they're going to lose Rachel Daly to the Euros, Maria Sanchez to CONCACAF Michelle Prince to CONCACAF and all those players have been extremely fun to watch Michelle Prince scored the first hat-trick in program history. You could kind of see the effect that Rachel Daly has because she left a couple of weeks ago to prep for the Euros. You can see the effect that she has on that squad because 
when she was still there is when they went on their unbeaten game streak. But when she left, the first game that she wasn't there, they drew 0-0 to Angel City. And then the game after that, they lost, I think it was 4-0 to Portland. But it was just, they will are definitely, yes, 4-0 to Portland. And they're one of those teams that definitely just need to figure something out, I guess, on how to cope with all the international players being gone. And in sixth place on the table, and this would be the last playoff spot if the season ended today, is O.L. Reign. They have 10 points through eight games. They've won two, drawn four, and lost two. They honestly, they have a finishing problem. I mean, point blank period. They create a lot of chances, but they can't get anything in the back of the net. And you can tell the players are frustrated. It's, I, I mean, I would be frustrated if I was a player. I'm waiting for this team to come together and to click because, <coughs> excuse me, because once they click, I have full confidence that this team will be insane, especially because they've just signed Tobin Heath and... Tobin Heath is another one of my favorite players, and I honestly may or may not have ordered her jersey the day that it came out that she signed um, with O.L. Reign because I was looking for an excuse to order their jersey. And then they're rumored to be signing Jordan Heidema, and Heidema is a 21-year-old Canadian forward, a striker, who is rumored to be joining because she is currently behind the depth chart of Marie Antoinette Katoto, who, in my opinion, is one of the best, the best striker in the world right now, and she needs some more minutes, Heidema does, and so she's leaving PSG, she's confirmed that on her Instagram, and there have been rumors that are more or less confirmed that she's coming to OL Reign, and then OL Reign is also going to have Kim Little for a little bit for a super super short loan if they can just get her visa stuff figured out. So I will be extremely excited to watch all of those players for the couple of games that they're all able to play together. Because on top of that, they have players like Rose Lavelle, Sophia Harta, Jess Fishlock, Quinn, Megan Rapino, Fallon Tullis Joyce. And then Laura Harvey is another really good coach in the league. In seventh on the table, we have Gotham with nine points through six games. They've won three and lost three. Honestly, I don't really have much to say on Gotham yet because they're a team that you don't know what you're going to get on depending on the day that you watch them, the day that the game is played. They could... They, I mean, they won their first game of the season against Orlando 3-0. to zero. But then the next game they lost against San Diego Wave 4-0. And so it's just like, it, they're a confusing team to me right now. Um, so hopefully they can get things figured out and become more consistent. I think that is the biggest thing that they're missing right now is consistency. But 
honestly, I mean, Midge Purse is Midge Purse, and she's always going to be fun to watch. And her partnership with Ify Anamanu is, it was really good last year. And I haven't seen as much of it this year, but I would love to see that partnership play out the same way it did last year. And the interesting thing about Gotham is that they have two games in hand because the teams that have played the most games have played nine games and Gotham has only played six. So that's an interesting point. In eighth place, the Washington Spirit has eight points through nine games. They've won one, drawn five, and lost three. The Washington Spirit were the champions last year, and they have not won since their opening game against O.L. Reign. And they have become a point of conversation because of the compactness of their schedule and I honestly I agree because I feel like maybe they wouldn't be able to replicate the kind of season they had last year because last year from the time they had to forfeit due to COVID outbreaks they went undefeated and I think that when you have when you have the underdog mentality and we it's a different mentality from when you have the underdog mentality to when everybody is coming after you that's a very different mindset and i don't know necessarily if the schedule was spaced out if that same if those same type of results would have been replicated but i definitely don't think that they would have drawn as many or lost as many but also the Washington Spirit has seven players leaving on U.S. duty and one leaving on Mexican international duty and so they're gonna have a lot of people missing so they're another one of those teams that's gonna be really interesting to watch during July. In ninth place is Racing Louisville with eight points through eight games They've won two, and they've drawn two. Savannah DeMello. I cannot say enough good things about her. She has really impressed me. She scored an amazing free kick game winner in their game against San Diego. I'm really excited to see how she does this season. Nadia Nadim is back, so that's a huge plus. But she's also leaving for the Euros in July. And Ebony Salmon scored, like, the statistic I saw, the stat I saw, said like 33% of their goals last year. But she has gotten less than 100 minutes this year. And I don't think she's injured. So I'm just really interested in what's up with that. Um, because I would love to see her play more. In 10th place is the Kansas City Current with 8 points through 8 games. They've won 2, drawn 2, lost 4. Honestly, the only thing I can say about this team is Elise Bennett. I've really enjoyed watching her play. She's another rookie that I'm really excited to see grow and develop in the league. 
In 11th place is the Orlando Pride with eight points through eight games. They've also won two, drawn two, lost four. <coughs> Amanda Cromwell and Sam Green are, were the former head and assistant coach, but they were placed on administrative leave for retaliation. And just today, it was revealed that Amy Turner's contract was bought out. And an interesting thing is that because it was retaliation, the complaint was or the investigation was against the two coaches, the roster was freezed. The roster freeze freeze lifted today and simultaneously they bought out Amy Turner's contract. And so everybody's just really confused about what is happening in Orlando. All of the players quote tweets on Amy Turner's on the tweet like go look it up go on twitter and just look at those quote tweets of her teammates i feel like i don't mean to speculate but this is obviously speculating like those are some very telling tweets in my opinion and i just i hope if anybody was hurt if anything's going on that everybody's safe and everybody can heal from whatever happened and then in last place on the table is the North Carolina Courage with seven points through six games. They've won two, drawn one, and lost three. They started off rocky, and honestly, a large part of that is Carolyn was out for an injury because she got injured in the Challenge Cup final. But she's finally back, and it's no secret that when she's back, they've started to win more. Deanna Ordonez is a rookie that I've really enjoyed watching, but I would like to see Jorian Balcom get more playing time because North Carolina doesn't really have many forwards on their roster, and I feel like Jorian could do something if she was given time to prove herself. The last thing I'll mention about the NWSL is that there seems to be, there is an ACL crisis. It's like every week somebody new tears their ACL. I think we're up to six. And I heard on a podcast that, I think it was the Diaspora United podcast, that the reason, maybe because of all the drama and trauma from last season that they're carrying it in their bodies and I've never really heard of anything like that before but I thought that was really interesting to think about and it makes sense because you always hear like you carry stress in your bodies and you tense your muscles when you stress and then also the challenge cup at the beginning of the season with six games minimum some people playing eight games and then the compact schedule because of the world cup and certain things and I definitely think that it's just a whole bunch of issues and I'm obviously that's not my area of expertise but hopefully it's fixed soon because I hate seeing players go down with season ending injuries. So This weekend, there was also a U.S. Women's National Team roster drop, and they went ahead and dropped the roster for the World Cup qualifiers. 
along with the roster for the upcoming friendlies. And the roster for the qualifiers are the goalkeepers for the qualifiers are Aubrey Kingsbury, Casey Murphy, Alyssa Nair. The defenders are Alana Cook, Emily Fox, Naomi Gurma, Sophie O'Herta, Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sauerbrunn, Emily Sonnet. Midfielders are Lindsay Horan, Taylor Korniak, Rose Lavelle, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, Andy Sullivan. The forwards are Ashley Hatch, Alex Morgan, Mal Pugh, Midge Purse, Megan Rapino, Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith. And then there are three more players going to the friendlies, but not the CONCACAF qualifiers. And those are Sam Coffey and Jalen Howell. Those are both midfielders. And then Carson Pickett is a defender. And when the roster dropped, everybody was kind of confused. Nobody really expected Kristen Press to be on it. But then it was released that she wasn't because she obviously got hurt in the Saturday game and the roster dropped on Monday. But everybody expected, oh, if she was healthy, she would have been on it. But come to find out that that wouldn't have been the case. That she wouldn't have been on it even healthy. And so everybody got super confused. And then at the press conference, Vladko, who is the coach, essentially said that she is competing directly for a spot with Trinity Rodman. He essentially named everybody on the forward roster except Midge Purse and um, Megan Rapino. He named Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith, Mal Pugh, Alex Morgan, Ashley Hatch. And it's just, it's confusing to me. Um, and it seems like retaliation. And because she, Kristen Press, spoke up against abuse and named U.S. Soccer, called them out in a Washington Post article. She's been very vocal about several different things and they've retaliated before they did it to Megan Rapinoe they almost took her career career away when she kneeled for the anthem they didn't let her play for a while and I just I hope it's not but it seems like the same thing's kind of happening to Kristen Press and I just I hate that for her And I really hope that, I don't know. And it sucks because that same day she found out she tore her ACL. So they didn't have to say that she wouldn't have been on the roster even if she was healthy. It was like they said that because they wanted people to know that she wouldn't have been on it. They could have just said she isn't healthy so we had her, so she's not on the roster. Um... But yeah, I'll still be interested in seeing how this team does during qualifiers, though, and it'll be really fun and interesting to watch. The next thing I'm going to be talking about is I'm going to briefly touch on the WNBA, and honestly, the one thing I have to say about the WNBA right now, because regrettably haven't been able to watch a lot of their games, is that the Las Vegas Aces are looking really, really good. And they've already qualified for the Commissioner's Cup final. 
And then the next thing I have to add is that Sue Bird officially announced her retirement. And Sue Bird is a legend to the game. But she is getting old. And so everybody kind of expected it. And then the NCAA softball championships were this past month in June. And Oklahoma won. And everybody expected Oklahoma to win. They beat Texas in the championship series. They won the first game 16-1. to And they won the second game 10-5. to And honestly, like I said, everybody expected them to win because if you just looked at their roster, I mean, Jocelyn Allo, over 100 home runs, career home run leader for the NCAA, insane. And Jocelyn Allo is actually playing in the WPF for the Vipers, so professional softball. And she could have played for the Vipers or for Athletes Unlimited, so she was in high demand. And I'm honestly, I'm going to try to watch some pro softball this year. See how I like it. I'll keep y'all updated. And the last thing I'm going to talk about is kind of some life updates. Um, honestly don't really have much. I had Bible school, helped with VBS, Vacation Bible School, babysitted, um, family came over, which is why... It's been so hard for me to sit down and record an episode. Um, I don't know. I'm honestly trying to find something to do to fill my time with. I've been walking a lot. I walked a lot at school around the the fitness center, the lake behind the fitness center. I've been walking a lot, but it's hot. Um, and then this podcast hopefully I know I keep on saying this but two of my friends that I would really like to get on this podcast aren't here right now they're on vacation so hopefully when they get back we can get together and I can record an episode or have them as a guest on at least part of at least one of them but hopefully both of them but yeah Hopefully, I'm now back on track with the podcast and recording consistent, consistently. But, yeah, that was it for this episode. I hope y'all have enjoyed this episode of MG on the Mic. Please let me know what you think about it. Recommend it to everybody you know. And watch women's sports if you have the chance. I'll see you on the next episode.